Good morning. This is Pastor Randy Anderson of This Is For You Ministry. Today is Sunday, December 26, 2021. First of all, let me apologize uh, for not doing a podcast last week. Uh, we just wanted to get a moment of rest. And during that time, we learned that we had death in the family. But nevertheless, God is still good to us all. So let me begin by asking, saying, I want to ask you a question. Really, several questions. First of all, have you ever wondered what it was like for Jesus to go to Calvary? Have you ever pictured yourself as that fly on the wall and went with him step by step through each event? Have you ever asked yourself the question, why was all this done? Well, praise the Lord, wonder no more. From now to the end of January, we will get to do just that. Follow Jesus scripturally, step by step, through each event that happened to him as he went to the cross. May the Holy Spirit be with us in the midst of this study. Amen. If you have your Bibles and the pen and paper, we ask that you would turn with us to Matthew chapter 26, and we'll be reading verse 36 through 46. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 to 46. And the scripture reads, Then comes Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and said unto his disciples, Sit you here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which was James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further. According to Luke's gospel, it was a stone cast away. And he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. And he cometh unto his disciples and finds them asleep and said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went again, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my father. If this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were very heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be gone. Behold, he is at hand that does betray me. Amen. Let's go to Father in prayer. Fathers, in Jesus' name, we thank you for another week of gathering around the word of God. The Holy Spirit has put into my heart to study the sufferings of Christ so that we may not forget his sacrifice so that we may receive the blessing of the ultimate reason of why you gave him to the world. Although we weren't personally there, 
yet it was written for our learning. It is my desire to want to know the pain and the agony that my Lord and Savior had to endure. Help us, Holy Spirit, to receive what we need to know to be strong in the power of his might. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us these things. In Jesus' name we pray and we say amen. Amen. The title of this uh, lesson this morning is called, What Was Jesus' Gethsemane Experience About? What was it about? What was the Gethsemane experience about? And as I began to study these and the Holy Spirit began to reveal some things to me, and for those who already have read this passage of scriptures in time past, they know it is dealing with Jesus praying. But it also is dealing with Peter, James, and John, who he had pulled aside from the other disciples who actually was asleep. So what, how do we tie all this together? What was it really all about? As we go into uh, the first prayer of Jesus, when he had prayed the first time, he asked the father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. What did he meant by that saying? Let this cup pass from me. What did he meant by that saying? The word cup is not referring to a drinking vessel. It is metaphorically of one's lot or experience, whether joyous or adverse, favorable or unfavorable, yet it is given by God to the person to be a partaker of. See, this cup that Jesus was ex getting ready to experience, that's what it was. What Jesus was actually saying to the Father was this. If it is possible, let this adverse experience, which was going in Calvary's cross, let it pass from him. And although Jesus was all God, but he was also all man. It was his humanity crying out to God to take it away. But in the same breath, he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Now, that was just the first prayer. Amen. The second prayer, after consulting Peter about their situation, then he went back and he prayed the second time saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. He approached the father with the same desire that he had at the first prayer with this understanding that this experience will not pass from him unless he drink it, then and only then will the Father's will be done. Since we got the understanding on the cup, so what does the word drink mean? What does it mean here? The word drink is not referring to a liquid substance that is taken by mouth to satisfy the flesh. It means figuratively to receive into the soul what serves to refresh, strengthen, and nourish it until life eternal. See, Jesus was the only one who can do that to allow us to receive into our soul the thing that strengthens, refresh, and nourish it, 
But what he had to receive into his soul was the suffering. But he received it so that we may be refreshed, that we may be strengthened, that we may be nourished into life eternal. That is what that meant. He understood. He focused now and said, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. The Bible says that he went away again. And he found Peter, James, and John sleep. Their eyes were very heavy. And the Bible said he went away from them the third time. And he went and he prayed, saying the same words. Saying the same words. Amen. So let's turn. Let's turn the situation now on Peter, James, and John. So we see Jesus praying. We see Jesus seeking, uh, amen, to want to give up. But yet he didn't give up. We see all that going on. But now Peter, James, and John, he had pulled them aside so that they would be praying with him. So the question is, why was there the need for Peter, James, and John to be with Jesus and yet not be with Jesus. I say again, why was there the need for Peter, James, and John to be with Jesus and yet not be with Jesus? We find in verse 36, it says, then Jesus coming with them into a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, seek ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Now, let's look at this. After Jesus' first prayer, he comes to the disciples and finds them asleep and said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, for the spirit indeed is willing, or the spirit is ready, but the flesh is weak. What do you mean weak? It has no strength. The flesh has no strength to be able to do what it needs to do. But the spirit is ready to, but the flesh has no strength. Now, let's look at some things that he said here. He said, watch. He said to them, "You could you not watch with me one hour? Let's look at this. The word watch here means metaphorically to give strict attention. He wanted them to give attention to what he was about to go through. And yet they fell asleep on him. And yet they fell asleep on him. The word one or one hour, let's look at that. The word one means that this certain moment or this certain, to be certain, it don't mean first. One hour means the first hour. It's not talking about that in terms of that. It's talking about in terms of being certain. Can you watch with me at this certain? An hour is referring to moment. See, hour is not referring to time. It is referring to time, excuse me, but not 60 minutes as we know it to be. He was referring to that point of time or that moment. He was saying to Peter, could you not 
gives pay attention with me at this certain moment? That is what he was saying. Not that he was saying, could you not watch with me one hour as if it took 60 minutes to do that? Because if you read the, uh, uh, the, the prayer and see his back and forth, and if you time yourself, as you're looking at that, reading it, it doesn't even take 60 minutes. So he wasn't referring to an hour. He was referring to that moment, that moment. He wanted them to be with him at that moment. Amen. You know how some people can be there with you, but their mind is somewhere else. Physically, they're there. But you look for them to be able to interact with you and and, and talk with you and, and be able to focus on what you're going. But they don't do that. What they do is they, 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 they're they there and say, well, keep on talking. And they plan with their, their, their cell phone. Keep on talking. And they're thinking about something else. Keep on talking. They give you an answer before they hear the question. They have to understand how to be there with you as he wanted them to be there with him. What was all that about? Now, as we put it all together and we're going to come to our conclusion, what was really the prayer about and what was the purpose that we need to learn of why they were there? The question, the title of this message was, what was Jesus considered me experience about? Well, his experience was about surrendering his will to do the father's will. As we said, he he was, although he was all God, yet he was all man. A lot of times when we look at our circumstances and situation and know that what we have to go through down the road, even though it's not as great as Jesus was, nevertheless, it is a moment that we don't have the understanding of that that moment is what God has given to us. And we like to get out from underwear. That couldn't be God. Oh, no, that's nothing but the devil. God going to bless me. God, see, we look for our walk to be with God, to be a, a rosy petal of every step. But it's not. There's going to come a time, and there should, probably has already been that time in our lives, where we thought that something was not God's will, but in actuality, it was. It was. But the moment that Jesus realized that he had to go through what he had to, he had to first surrender his will. That was a lesson that is written for us to understand in order to be able to God to get his will done through us, we must first surrender our will. We got to surrender our will. The next point that the Holy Spirit revealed to me was Peter, James, and John were those who were very close with Jesus in, in, in a lot of different occasions. He pulled them aside to go with him up into the Mount of Transfiguration. It was them three, okay? But here we find that they could not be there with Jesus, although they were there. So Holy Spirit was showing me something this way. When it comes to your Gethsemane experience, it is you 
and you alone that has to get with God to surrender your will. You can't bring along Peter, James, and John because it's not theirs. You can't bring along Peter, James, and John and begin to get on them because they are not there with you in prayer. You cannot do that. What you need to realize and recognize, it is your will that has to be surrendered at that moment. That cross-bearing was not Peter, James, and John. It was Jesus. And Jesus alone went to the Father and had to surrender his will and be convinced after the third prayer, all is ready. Amen. And I'm ready to do thy will. And that's how we have to look at things in our lives and quit trying to run away. Quit trying to say and place it on Facebook. Hey, I need a bunch of prayer words to get on prayer. No, you don't need none of that. What you need is to be able to say, Father, not my will, but thou will be done. We need to learn to get to that place in our walk with God. It's about his will. We say that when we was born, God had a purpose for our lives. And God's a purpose does not mean every step of the way is going to be um, uh, a mountaintop experience. It doesn't mean that. If you look at all throughout the Old Testament, the Old Testament patriots, those who walk with God, it was not always an easy walk. But as they went through their life experiences, they had to come to a point of doing it God's way and not their way. And so I say unto you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to be able to understand life comes with its circumstances. We say life going to be life and that it will be. But God is the one who orchestrate everything. Satan may be the prince of this world, but Satan don't control the world. Everything is in God's hand. God knows what circumstances in your life that he wants to use to be able to teach you something, to be able to bring you to a point of understanding. They bring you to a point that you need to depend on him in the midst of your situation. You don't need to call everybody and say, I need you to pray. I know you don't. You need to pray yourself. Amen. I'm not saying that it's not a good thing for, for that. I'm not saying that at all. Remember, we had taught a lesson about Jesus says, go into your closet. He didn't tell you to bring Peter, James, and John in there with you. Go into your closet. And when you have shut the door, now time for you to talk to the Lord. But well, this is an example of what Jesus is doing. He is shutting out all the things of the world. And he is going before God the Father trying to receive the strength that he needs to be able to take the next step to go to Calvary's cross. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Holy Spirit, for teaching us this simple um, principle, the Lord God, in which we can live by. We realize that our experience had to always be an uply, uh, heavenly experience, as people would like to say. But we realize and recognize if we have a connection with God the Father, even while we're in the valley, you're still the same God that's on the mountaintop experience. So, Lord God, we pray, Lord, that the audience, the Lord, as they listen, 
as they look into their Bibles, as they consider the Lord, all things being said, Lord Father, may they receive the same understanding that the Holy Spirit shared unto me. Lord God, we pray that you will bless them. Lord, bless this week ahead of them, dear Lord. We realize and recognize, dear Lord God, that we're getting ready to go into a new year. Lord Father, let us go into that year being refreshed. But let us go in with this heart and mind. Father, not our will, but that thy will be done. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and we say thank you. Amen. Be blessed, my brothers and sisters.